It's time for Monday Night Sports Talk on News Talk 1400 WDWS Champaign-Urbana. Featuring the News Gazette media sports writers, Matt Daniels, Bob Osmussen, and Scott Ritchie. Delivering the latest insights on the Illini and more. Join the program by calling 217-356-9397 or send a text to the Castle Heating and Cooling text line 217-351-5357. Now, here are the News Gazette media sports writers and your host, Steve Kelly. Hey, good afternoon, everybody. Welcome to Monday Night Sports Talk here on News Talk 1400 DWS. With you until 6 o'clock. Phone line is open, 356-9397 is the number. Matt Daniels is here, the sports editor of the News Gazette. How are you doing, Matthew? I'm all right. need yeah. a haircut, but, uh, you know, hanging in there. I, I need sports back at some point, although NASCAR came back yesterday, and I, I admit I watched some of it. Did you? I, I did. You? I've, I've watched NASCAR in the past. I'm not a, you know, huge fan of just the left-turn-only league, but it's <laughs> uh, it, it filled a void. It was weird, eerie to, to watch it a little bit, but uh, did that, and obviously watched the final two episodes of... Uh, the last dance last night, and I'm really sad that that's over now. Are but you uh, sad? Other, I am. I'm sad. They oh. could have done a hundred episodes on it, and I would have watched every single second. I'm actually it. okay that it's over. Okay. I enjoyed it. I'd like the alternate last dance where Michael Jordan isn't portrayed in such a positive light. Right. Possibly. <laughs> that's <laughs> the thing. I got a little tired of the of the of the Michael Jordan angle, but I understand what it was, yeah. and uh, he was an executive producer, so that's what you're going to get. But uh, I was okay that it was over, but yeah. I thought it was I thought it was good. Well, what the, about you, Scott? The one thing I was sort of disappointed in last night with the final two episodes was they didn't talk at all about one of the bigger moments um, of those. Yeah, you know, I guess what was the the first finals against the Jazz where the mailman doesn't deliver on Sunday. I mean, Scottie Pippen delivers the best line maybe ever. Psychs out Carl Malone who misses the free throw and the Bulls end up you know, winning a game. That could have been an entire episode. Yeah, so I mean, obviously that was more of a Scottie Pippen led story, so maybe that's why it didn't make it into the the Michael Jordan. I thought the I thought the uh, the part part about Steve Kerr and his father. Uh, I'd read about it obviously and kind of knew the history and the backstory, but I thought seeing Kerr explain and also Kerr's mom talk about that that devastating tragedy, I thought really kind of brought some uh, some depth and some you know gravity to to the episode last night as well. If you have any thoughts on the Last Dance series, feel free to jump in here, 356-9397. Who, if, you, if you're going to do another 10-part series, That's a great question. who would you like to see, guys? <sighs> My first thought was Arnold Palmer, but there's been one kind of done. It wasn't 10 parts, but it, the Golf Channel did a, a series on him, which was good. I you, saw that, bandied, that question bandied about on Twitter, I think, last night, and I know some uh, one of the responses I saw was, was Tom Brady, maybe. One name that just came to mind that I think would be really intriguing if we could get the whole story, because there's so many layers to it, is Tiger Woods. Yep. That would be enthralling. I know there's another uh, Lance Armstrong documentary set for next Sunday on, on ESPN. And yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but Tiger Woods, I think, would be... Uh, fairly in- interesting just because there's so many storylines that, that go with him. Yeah, and I guess maybe on the topic of athletes that have dominated at their sport, um, 
Michael Phelps, Venus and Serena Williams together. Because I'm, I'm not sure you can tell their story. We need to do a ten-part documentary on the either the flying Alina or the O four O five Alina, or both, or yeah, both, or both. Back to back to back to back to back to back. Have D Brown be an executive producer of the people we mentioned there? I think Tiger Woods would draw a Michael Jordan-like audience. Not that your suggestions wouldn't, but I don't think there'd be that much. Uh, wouldn't be the same, right? No, but. Just because Tiger Woods has had part of the, you think back to the start of his, I mean, heck, when he was, what, two or three years old and he was on TV showing off his golf skills, but he was a household name when he was still in college at Stanford and then kind of the All-American kind of dream as far as the, the image he had brought up and then you think of the fact, too, of what he did for the entire golf world just his effect on that and then you add kind of the the fall from grace with all the tawdry issues that he had going on in his life and now he's kind of you know it's weird to think given this coronavirus pandemic world we live in now but you know 13 months ago everyone was glued to their tv on that sunday afternoon watching tiger woods kind of cap that comeback at at the masters and you know kind of restore his name and, and good graces for a lot of people and uh, it's just kind of the rise and fall of him, I think, would just be really, uh, you know, thrilling to watch. And it would have a happy ending if you right now, stopped at the right now, Masters Masters. Who knows what might happen and when this could be produced, but that's true. The fourth member of our Monday night team, Bob Osmussen, on the uh, phone lines with us. Bob, how are you? I'm good. I'm loving all this you guys are talking about. It's great. Well, jump in here. Like, what What do you think? Well, first of all, what do you think about uh, the 10-part Last Dance? Oh, I'm with Matt and Scott. I think I would watch another 100 parts. So I think it was fantastic. Uh, the only thing about Steve Kerr that they, they didn't mention, I think some people in the Pac-12 somewhere, or is Pac-10 at that point, made fun of him during the game. I remember this specifically. Somebody made fun of his dad being, being killed over there. I remember that. I remember how hard that was on him. And I, I agree with Matt. That was a great part of that episode. The whole uh, story about that. I mean, and if you think about somebody else, I'd like to see a ten-part series. Maybe just the part about him uh, hanging out with people would be Will Chamberlain. Well, I, I love Will Chamberlain. Uh, to me, he's one of the greatest. Kind of uh, not under, under undersold, but uh, I don't think he gets enough attention. And he was. He would be a great story given all the tales of Wilt. I'm not just talking about the bad, bad things. Stop, Bob. Stop. <laughs> How great he was. No, the guy scored 100 points in the game, for God's sake. I know. I just Me, didn't know where you were going with the other thoughts no, about Will Chamberlain. He averaged 50 points a game for a season. He scored 100 in a game. Did it, I mean, against the, did it against the Erie PA YMCA team back in the NBA? I, didn't, I, I'm, don't, I'm I think it was against the Knicks. I know. I'm joking. It was against the Knicks. So I, I think that guy, to me, if you ask me who's the – most dominant player in his era, I would say it was him, frankly. I mean, so I, I've got a, kind of a weird bias against him. But, again, I, the Jordan thing to me was superior. And I, I that would be a lot. If they can win Emmys or whatever they win, they should win like everyone they give out this year. Because that thing was, was so good. I, I think, again, I, you probably heard me groan when it ended. Like, ah. Oh. Well, not, what I think is going to be a curious aspect of this, too, is they were initially supposed to air this in, in mid-June. I don't know if it was going right. to coincide with the NBA Finals or once the NBA Finals 
finish, but I think a lot of the mystique and buildup because of this and all the attention placed on it is because there are no sports right now. So that, I think, is adding yeah. to kind of its allure and its appeal, and maybe it wouldn't have had the same effect if you know life was as it should hopefully will resume someday and, and sense of normalcy at all, but there's I think that is added to the anticipation for a lot of people is just the fact that this was something to look forward to every week given the, the dreary and uncertain times we're living in right now. Scott Ritchie spent some... Go ahead, oh, Bob. Sorry. Go ahead. I was going to say, I got, I've got the thing saved. Every year I'm going to watch this thing again. That's what I've decided. So as long as I don't run run ruin my DVR, I'm going to watch it all the time. Scott so. spent some uh, time today with Brad Underwood. We'll talk about that in uh, just a moment, but... We do have a caller. I've guessed on a basketball caller, and uh, Neil is on the line with us. Go ahead, Neil. Uh, yeah, uh, Scott Ritchie. Um, I've talked to uh, Vincent Goodwell, and um, can't remember what the other guy's name is, but it, they both tell me that the two Illini players better go back to college. They won't make an NBA roster. Um, Maybe. I mean, I, I, I couldn't tell you one way or another for sure. Uh, right now, I would assume it was – projected as a late second round pick in some mock drafts Kofi Coburn uh, not at all uh, so yeah that's what I heard that's what they were saying and then um, Andy Katz said he talked to uh, Tim Lakner and he said they're not ready I mean that's pretty much what I mean I was surprised when I saw that because I thought that they were better than they were but I guess not so that's all I have and I hope that they make the right decisions for them and I hope that they don't regret what they the decision they make. I hope that they decide to maybe come back to Illinois and give it another shot, but we'll see what happens. All right, Neil, thanks. thanks. for your time. And yep, always good to hear from you. Appreciate the call. That's Everybody's got an opinion. <laughs> I'm just curious if the NBA draft's going to actually take place next month. Next month? No. 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 Okay. no. Um, they haven't come out with an official announcement. No, they've just... They've indi- it's Everything indicates that it's not going to take place, but nothing yeah. official has been determined yet. But I mean, they have to like have the lottery first, and they can't have the lottery until they figure out if they're going to restart the season and finish the regular season and go in the playoffs, or just start in the playoffs. So there's a lot of things that kind of have to fall in line before they can actually have the draft, and I mean, it'll happen eventually. Yeah, but it might not be till August. You know. Yeah. They they pushed that June third date back for the uh, players to pull out indefinitely. They didn't push it to any date. Yeah, I was that it's all sort of tied to what the NBA decides, um, which it's great for the the early entrance in the draft. They get they're not pressured into making a decision like essentially in two weeks um, with maybe incomplete information. Uh, so that's good for them. Uh, not quite as good for college basketball teams that are wondering what their roster is going to look like um, in the in this coming season, uh, including Illinois, who you know, has to move forward at least for now with a little uncertainty whether they'll have I would assume over Kofi Coburn. We'll see. And if either one of those guys has their mind made up, it doesn't really matter what <laughs> what the feedback says if they're you know, bound and determined to go, then they'll take their, their chances. I don't know that that's the case. More so with Io, I think, mm-hmm. than it is with Kofi. We'll wait and see. Let's go back to the phones. Al, you're with us. Go ahead. Well, guys, uh, I just hope we have a basketball season next year. That'd be right nice. Now, I, 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 it's kind of de- uh, debatable one way or the other. 
Uh, I kind of have to agree with Bob Osbuster on the Wilt Chamberlain story. I think it would be a great story for him to have. The only reason why he's not considered the greatest is one person. Uh, Bill Russell. Bill Russell great had point. his number for the most part. Yeah, I agree the, completely. Good point. Yeah. Thank you for agreeing that, with me. You can incorporate Bill Russell into that store and it'd still be a real good one. Yes, it would. And, uh, okay, Alan, thanks for the call. We appreciate it. 356-9397 is the number if you'd like to uh, join us here on Monday Night Sports Talk. Scott, I mentioned your uh, podcast with Brad Underwood. You went about, what, 45 minutes or so with him uh, today. Did you learn anything new? He hasn't gotten his hair cut. He, yes, and he's improved his domestic, domestic skills a bit. A bit. Uh, I feel we need <laughs> enough. I feel so he said a, that his wife hasn't you know, locked him outside yet. Yeah. I feel we need Susan Underwood's perspective yeah. on that to get a full. <laughs> see, see how improved they are. Um, I think maybe the the newsiest bit was yeah, he sees a way forward for uh, the team to have its summer workouts next month. Uh, uh, the second session of summer school at Illinois starts June fifteenth. It's going to be online only, but. Uh, he said that he could see it where they would still be able to do their workouts even you know, in that situation where maybe summer school is viewed a little differently than um, maybe the, the fall semester. So it's not a, a certainty, but he he's maybe kind of holding out hope for that. Um, so that's just right around the corner and would be important for uh, really the freshmen, the incoming freshmen, Andre Cabell, Adam Miller, Coleman Hawkins, more than, than anybody else because – Half of the the eight hours per week for that eight week span is spent with Adam Fletcher um, in the weight room, and what other other activities he can uh, come up with to to whip the guys into shape. So that's what the summer's maybe you know, mostly about um, is everybody's conditioning, and then you know getting the incoming freshmen on the right page to uh, you know again hopefully start the season as scheduled. Corbello spent about 15 minutes on the air with uh, Lauren Tate and uh, yours truly on Saturday morning on Illini Pella Saturday Sports Talk. He's anxious about uh, getting uh, to Champaign and hopefully in June. And uh, I had two or three people after that interview and uh, hearing him on the uh, radio with us say, hey, I just might have a new favorite (laughs) Illinois player. He was very, uh, very talkative, very interesting, told his story of uh, leaving Puerto Rico when he was 13 and Talked about his basketball background and a, a very bright, very uh, uh, impressive young guy. Yeah, I, I've thought the same every time I've gotten the chance to talk with him. Uh, he He's going to be, I think, another one of those guys that could be a fan favorite mm-hmm. uh, right away and could be a favorite of his teammates, too, because he likes to get the ball to you know, the open man and like he'll score when he has to, but he, his focus is making his teammates better. So if I'm uh, anybody else on that Illini roster, I mean, that's what you want to hear from your point guard. Some sad news over the weekend, the passing of former Illini assistant uh, basketball coach, Tony Yates at the age of 82. Uh, I grew up, as you guys know, in the state of Ohio, not far from Cincinnati. And I remember I was familiar with uh, Tony before I got to Champaign and got more familiar with him. But, uh, uh, I was a big college basketball fan as a youngster, and he played at the University of Cincinnati and played in three consecutive NCAA championship games. They beat Ohio State in two of those. 
then lost to Loyola mm-hmm. in the 1963 game. So he played in NCAA title games in 1961, 62, and 63 at the University of Cincinnati, a great college player. And then I got into coaching and was very significant, um, if not the main guy, in, in getting Lou Henson kind of rolling in Chicago recruiting and state of Illinois recruiting, and he kind of passed that torch to Jimmy Collins over the years, but uh, certainly a great guy, and he'll be missed, and a guy that's very important in Illinois basketball history. Yeah, exactly. That just goes to show you the uh, the importance of uh, assistant coaches, and, and like you said, Steve, you really got the pipeline uh, rolling uh, for players from Chicago to come down to Champaign. And, and then, like you said, Jimmy Collins kind of carried on that tradition and, and torch and, uh, you know, all the all the thoughts and, and the best of his family in this this trying and, you know, difficult time for them and, uh, you know, a huge loss for, for the Illinois basketball community. We're moving up towards the bottom of the hour. It is 527 Monday Night Sports Talk. Matt Daniels, Scott Ritchie, Bob Osmussen, yours truly, Steve Kelly. We'll take a break. We'll keep the phone lines open if you'd like to join us, 356-9397. When we come back, we'll catch up with Michael Finke, former Illini basketball player. He's going to be representing uh, the U of I again in uh, some basketball hoops, we hope, this summer. We'll tell you more about that coming up when we continue on Monday Night Sports Talk. Moving up on 531, Monday Night Sports Talk here on DWS. Glad you're with us. 356-9397 is the phone number if you'd like to jump in. Anything's open game. We talk some basketball. We'll talk some Illinois football recruiting before we're done. We're going to continue along uh, the basketball line and welcome former Illinois basketball player, Champagne native, Michael Finke to the program. Michael, how you doing, my friend? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, I want to talk to you a little bit about the uh, basketball tournament. You're going to play with some uh, other former guys, but I want to get caught up on what you've been doing right before you came back and where you played this past season overseas. Yeah, for sure. Uh, I started out in Poland. I was playing at Warsaw, Poland. Uh, I was doing pretty well over there. Like, loved the city and everything, but uh, actually I was there for five months and I ended up on a team out in Estonia, a smaller country near Russia. I uh, was able to play play there up until we had to end up leaving, uh, which is about February. So uh, it was a great experience. It was in a really good competitive league. The VTB is what it was called. Is uh, Malcolm Hill was in the same league as me, and we ended up actually playing each other, which was a really cool experience. Oh, excuse me, but uh, yeah, so it was a lot of fun and able to experience two different countries, different cultures. Uh, my fiance was out there with me too to uh, go through life together. So yeah, it was, uh, it was definitely a really great experience. You played the Big Ten basketball. You played uh, your graduate season out of Grand Canyon. How different was the basketball that you you played last year? Yeah, it was. Uh, I'd say in Poland it was still really good competition, but I'd say like the Big Ten was definitely uh, definitely a little bit more competitive. But I, I tell you, the VTB out in uh, in Estonia that I was playing in, it's basically uh, more Russian teams. Uh, there's a few Euroleague teams that were in that as well, and. Uh, that competition was some of the best competition I ever played against. And, uh, it was high-level basketball, so uh, I didn't really know what to expect going out to Europe with uh, how uh, different the uh, competition is compared to the States and uh, just the talent levels, but it's it's definitely out there. It's it's really good competition. Michael, I remember talking to you before you left uh, for Warsaw, yeah. and, and you were excited about the opportunity out there and, and kind of going to a, a big city like that, too. What was the allure of going to Estonia and how does, how does, yeah, a, how does Estonia compare to say Champagne? 
<laughs> right. Uh, it kind of just happened in place. So I was talking to my agent, and uh, we were looking at different teams, and he told me that they ended up offering, and it was just an offer I couldn't pass up, just be able to go and play one of the top leagues in Europe and do that as my rookie year is uh, something I couldn't pass up. So I definitely jumped on that when we had the opportunity. And uh, Unfortunately, the season was cut a couple months short. Uh, but, yeah, it was still a great experience to be able to do that, play on an even better team. And we were probably going to play in two leagues out there. So we were in the – it was called the Sto- Estonian Latvian League. We were in that, and then we were also in the VTB. So we were in a really good sh- uh, spot to win the Estonian Latvian League. And uh, when the season ended for the VTB, we were right on the cusp of making the playoffs there too. So uh, it was a lot of promises. Uh, we were promised a lot of things. And it was going pretty well for us, but unfortunately it didn't end up too well but uh yeah so it was, like i said it was a great experience out there michael what have the past two and a half months just been like for you in terms of keeping your body uh you know in, in tag for basketball shape and and what right. work what workouts have you been able to do how have you been eating how challenging has that aspect been where maybe in the past you didn't even really think about it because you're so in in tune with what was going on with your season at all for sure yeah no since i've been home i actually took a little bit of time off from basketball uh, just to get away from it mentally and physically just from doing this for uh, about a year straight now so it was, it was good to get a little break from that and uh, starting to get back into that a little bit now but uh, I've been doing what I can as far as lifting and conditioning running outside uh, we have some weights here at our house that I've been able to do in the basement but I mean still nothing like uh, I could do like at a real gym or anything like that but uh, we have a hoop in our driveway and uh, it's been nicer out lately that we can go outside and do some different things so trying to do what I can under the circumstances right now but um, actually I'm going out uh, to Phoenix Arizona in uh, the beginning of the gym with my uh, fiance so I'll be able to work out there and get in some gyms and hopefully I can get in the gym as well now that the, the state's opening up out in Arizona so it'll be a, a good opportunity to go out there. Well Michael before you headed to you know, off to, to Poland uh, to start your season you worked with Trent Meacham uh, Right. Over the summer, just you know, uh, on training and you know basketball, and you know, he also you know maybe gave you some you know advice about what you know playing in Europe was like. What what did you maybe take away from him most, and did you know your experience kind of match up with kind of what he maybe talked to you about or prepared you for? Yeah, being around Trent uh, basically every day all summer last year was it was really great for me just to be able to not only learn from the basketball piece of it that I mean we went after it every day, so he's really able to. Uh, really helped me improve and get me to a higher level. Uh, but uh, just helping me prepare uh, off the off the court, be around different cultures, and just kind of give me a little pointers here and there to uh, I don't know, just know what to expect with different things. You're going in a different country where people don't speak your language, and uh, just trying to get around things. And, uh, I don't know. It was, it was really cool to be around Trent and uh, for him to just give me all those pointers. But yeah, really, really appreciate it. We're visiting with Michael Finke, Bob Osmus, and also on the phone. Go ahead, Bob. Oh, great. Hey, Michael. i got two hey, questions for you. First, first one is, how will you adjust next year? Have you thought about what life's going to be like in pro basketball, wherever you're playing? Yeah, great question. Uh, right now, there's so much uncertainty with everything. I, I have no idea where I'll end up or uh, what's going to happen with all that. Hopefully, I'll find somewhere out there. I'm pretty confident that something will open up once things get a little bit back to normal but uh we'll see what happens i know there's a lot of talks right now with a lot of clubs out there in europe that their budgets are uh lower and 
uh, maybe not be able to pay the higher players uh, what everyone deserves. So hopefully for me that can open up a uh, spot somewhere else. But I don't know. We'll see what happens. It's not really in my hands or really anyone's hands right now. Just got to kind of see what happens with the virus and how different countries react to it and everything. My second question is, my hair is getting really long. Oh, Can you help me with this man bun? <laughs> Definitely could help you with that. I'll, I'll give you some uh, some ties or something you can do. I, I, I need, need some pointers. All right, thanks. <laughs> yeah, for sure. That's not a pretty uh, picture to think about. <laughs> <laughs> Bob and the man bun. I'm catching them. I love it. I love it. Michael, did did you and your fiance have any trouble getting back home, back to the to the U.S.? Honestly, actually, it wasn't as bad as you would think. We thought it was going to be. Uh, I mean, granted, they were, they were, we took three flights to get home, so it was definitely a really long travel day. But we thought it was going to be a lot of different tests we had to go through, long lines we'd have to wait in. But uh, for the most part, everything went pretty smoothly. We were able to get right to our gates. And, uh, they checked our fever once we landed. In the, we landed in uh, Newark, and then we flew from Newark to O'Hare. But when we landed in Newark, they took our fever, and we had to fill out a couple questions on a piece of paper. But other than that, it went really smoothly. So, yeah, no, no problems really for the most part. Cool. So you'll be playing uh, this summer, you hope, with uh, playing for more, uh, Coach uh, Mike LaTulip <laughs> and the uh, <laughs> yeah. House of Pain. With some, some guys that uh, you know pretty well. You looking forward to that? Yeah, absolutely. It'll be a lot of fun. It's, it's something that we've all talked about for a while now, and even while I was playing last year on on one of the teams in the, in the tournament, it's just it was something we were texting about uh, when I was there, just saying that we really need to get a team together and do this. Just how fun it would be and how good we could be. So it's, it's something that when the opportunity came, that we jumped on it, and uh, we're glad it's it's in the works, and hopefully it ends up happening. Two-part question, Michael. Obviously, you have some other basketball players in, in your family with your dad, Jeff, and then your, your two brothers, right. Tim and Nick. Uh, first off, who wins in a game of horse right now among the four of you? <laughs> and on a more serious note, what are you doing to try to help maybe Nick, who plays at Army, and, and Tim, who's playing at Wright State, just kind of get through this kind of uncertain time where they're you know still in their college careers and, and they still want more to – they want to achieve more on, on the college basketball court? Right, for sure. Uh, well, one thing to answer your horse question, uh, no one will ever beat me in a shooting contest out of my brothers. And I'll never let that happen. So unless they hit some crazy trick shots, uh, no, they're not going to outshoot me. So I'll definitely win the horse game. Okay. Uh, as far as with them helping them, I mean, they're uh, they're both, it's weird to say that they're both becoming veterans now with, uh, out there in college. I mean, Tim will be a junior academically, but uh, mm-hmm. I guess he'll be a redshirt sophomore next year, but uh, they've been around the game, so they're really understanding it. But just for me to be able uh, to be there for them and give them advice when they need it, just give them pointers on different things I've learned over time. But uh, the fact that we're all three living under the same roof right now, we're able to uh, kind of push each other. And uh, we, we've taken a little bit of time off of it uh, right now, but we've gone out at times and I'll play king of the court some one-on-one and uh, just be able to challenge each other and have some competitive times. And, uh, just like we've done our whole life growing up. So it's, I think us three growing up together and being so close in age, uh, be able to play with each other on the court and with our friends and everything. It's just it's all it's all made us better. Dating back to your your time at Centennial, you were able to really uh, you know garner a lot of attention from college coaches based on on your AAU seasons. What advice mm-hmm. do you have for any high school player that's out there now that is missing out on those opportunities and how they can still 
get recognized by colleges in this uncertain time and also you know improve their game before the the high school season gets going in the winter too yeah yeah that's a good question uh i'd say right now you got to control what you control uh not only affecting you as a high school student right now but it's affecting all the other high school students also so uh just work work out as much as you can uh try and get stronger uh do, do stuff on in your driveway if you have a ball you only have to have a hoop you can do ball handling uh, different things like that. So just go run as much as you can, stay in shape, and uh, once you once you get in the season and, or in, into high school and you're able to get into a gym and uh, get into these games, your your game will show and uh, you'll be able to do what you can. And this is the thing: coaches are going to find you if you're good enough and you have talent. I mean, there's guys. When I was out overseas, I had guys on my team that were younger than me, and uh, they were getting they got recruited by coaches out there from on the other side of the world. So if you're good enough, they're going to find you. Just just got to put the work in and, and you'll be good. Well, you mentioned that you got the opportunity to play against Malcolm Hill. Um, this yeah. past, I guess it was just in March. Um, how has his game changed maybe, you know, since his time at Illinois when you were teammates together and what's maybe still the same? Yeah, Malcolm, uh, he's always been a really good player, but I, he's definitely improved even more as uh, time's gone on. He's actually he's lost some weight. Uh, he's a little more mobile than he was in, in college, but uh, his shots even it looks even more pure now, and uh, probably even more consistent than it was in college. And uh, it's crazy to think he's third all-time leading scorer in Illinois history, and he's even a better scorer now. Just how he's able to attack and take people off the dribble. His, other, his teammates involved so well too. I think that's just what makes him such a hard threat to guard. Uh, when we were prepping for him, is uh, he's going to try and score, but if you take something away from him, he'll find someone else that's open and, uh, and make his teammates better. And so that's one reason why I'm so excited to play with him again, hopefully at least in the TBTs, uh, that he just makes this all better. And he'll obviously he'll go out and get his points as well, but he's going to make the team better and uh, put you in a really good uh, position to win. Did you have to guard him out there, Michael? Uh, I don't. I might have got like one switch on him. Uh, but for the most part, we didn't. We didn't do much switching on my team, so I didn't. I didn't really guard him. He did at the end of the game, though. He he got switched on to me, and he ended up fouling me on accident. And, uh, I I was I don't know if it was on accident or not. Well, who knows, but I got I got sent to the line and drained a couple three free throws to ice the game. So that was got got a little smack to talk to him. I'll say because it was your team won, so do you have you know bragging rights until you know, maybe the next time oh, you guys sure. you know square off against each other? For sure, yeah. And actually, at the time, we were both on the cusp. Eight teams made it in the playoffs of the VTB, and I think at the time, uh, they were eight and we were nine, and we beat them, so we ended up actually going, uh, moving ahead of them into the playoffs. So the season, how it ended, we were in the playoffs and they weren't, so it definitely got a little bit uh, of <laughs> bragging rights there. That's Michael Finke, everybody. Good to catch up with you, Michael, and we'll keep an eye on you this summer and next season as well. Appreciate your time. For sure. Thanks for having me, guys. You Thanks, bet. Michael. Thanks, Michael. Michael Finke with us here on DWS Monday Night Sports Talk. Need to take a break. We'll talk some more after this. The phone line is open, 356-9397. If you'd like to join us back after this. 546 Monday Night Sports Talk here on DWS. This is Steve Kelly along with Matt Daniels, Scott Ritchie, Bob Osmussen with you until 6 o'clock. Join us if you would like, 356-9397. Bob, let's talk a little football. Illinois with another transfer recruit over the weekend and another high school um, verbal commitment as well. Your thoughts on uh, the, the activity there 
at least appears to be picking up a little bit. Oh, yeah, definitely. And they have to. I think, especially when you're like a 2021, where there's so many holes. I heard you and Lauren talking about this on sun, on Saturday. It's, it's clear they have a huge amount of players pick up between now and next uh, signing day. So, yes, it's critical that they get striking some people lined up. Uh, I think they need to aim high and, and hope they get the best players they can get because next year they're going to have a lot of holes on the a roster all the way across the board. So if you don't start filling it up now, you're going to be a, have a problem. And the good thing of Lovey Smith continues to do, which I really like, is not only getting grad transfers, but getting grad transfers with more than one year. So it's almost like the GC guy, although in some cases it's almost better because the guy will be have played some. So I think it's a great idea. Well, how are you feeling this week? This is almost a weekly update on how you're feeling about whether or not there's going to be a college football season this year and what it might look like. What are, what are you feeling? I'm feeling like there's going to be a college football season. What I don't know is how what it's going to look like, but I think I think there'll be a, a season. I don't think there'll be fans in the stands, or maybe not, maybe some, but very limited. I think it'll be minimal amount of fans in the stands at least for first, but I, th- I think they're going to play. I I think they got to try because beyond the money, there's just the idea of not having the season. I, I just can't imagine them not playing. I think they're gonna, they're going to do everything they can. And I also think, and I heard you guys talking about this on Saturday. I think if you have the Big Ten, there's not going to be 12 Big Ten teams playing football. There's not going to be 11 Big Ten teams playing football. It's going to be 14 Big Ten teams playing football. And I'll tell you why. Because football is going to – this stuff is going to be colored up, hopefully sooner rather than later. But it's going to go away. So the last thing you want to do is alienate you know, three teams in your conference for when things come back to normal, which they will. So I think, I think everybody's going to – they're all going to be on the same boat. They have to be in the same boat. Otherwise, it will not work. Now, I think I don't think that's just the Big Ten. I think across the country, I think SEC they can't go just eleven teams or ten teams. They got to go with everybody. So I think it's going to be all or nothing with all these conferences. So yeah. I, I think Big Ten will be fourteen for fourteen. Have to be. Yeah, I mean one one way off the wall proposal I thought of in my head this weekend, which probably will never transpire. But given the current circumstances, I mean, heck, when twenty twenty started, I don't think we'd be talking about empty NASCAR races is the only sporting event in a mid on a Sunday in mid May, but that's the world we live in right now. And this again would upset a lot of other football schools, especially the non-conference teams on Illinois schedule, but crazy radical idea here and the big 10, it works out well. You just have the big 10 West play each other. Each team play each other twice. You have a 12 game season, same thing on the big 10 East. Then you can actually find out who, is the real champion of, of each division, I guess. So that would cut down on travel, do a home-and-home. Discuss. I've never thought about that. That's a fantastic idea. And the, I think the, the only resistance would be the idea of playing twice against each team. But, again, the way you explained it, home-and-home. And, and you get a 12-game regular season schedule. It'll be fantastic. I think that I think you win. I think Matt's commissioner football <laughs> right now. I think that he's come up with the solution. I really think that's great. And I, he, I, how much would we love to see two Illinois 
Purdue games or two Illinois Northwestern games. You want to see two like Illinois Ohio State games? games. Yeah, that'd be well. <laughs> then, in that scenario, that though, you that. you could just but it'd be odd. Yeah, I mean, you just play. And again, this is not one size fit fit all. I mean, you can't do this for you know the Pac-12 or the Big 12. Uh, you know, with yeah. only ten teams in the Big 12 and then twelve in the Pac-12. Two I don't know how that would that would work. But right. that's just it was one idea I had popping around in my head this weekend. Yeah, and that. you wouldn't see two Illinois Ohio State games no. because they're in different divisions. Yeah. I was thinking. Ohio State's on the schedule this year. But, I mean, year. In, in in terms of Illinois and the Big Ten West, you could – I mean, Minnesota's an eight-hour drive. Nebraska's an eight-hour drive that would cut down on getting in a plane and the expense of, right. of chartering a plane and things like that. And these this day and age where college athletic departments are really going to have to look at their bottom line moving forward, even, you know, Power Five schools, I think, too, to an extent. But I don't know. Again, I don't think that would – happen at all but if that were one way to possibly save the season i think that's better than not having any season at all yeah poor rutgers though is going to go 0 and 12 in your scenario there yeah, uh, maybe no 1 and 11 they can beat maryland once at home but i think that's all i really think matt that's a, that's a great idea i don't know who we need to go to to get that done well i guess start with, with the conference but i think that's fantastic it would upset people some i think because you would lose some some of these great games that we've had over the years. I know Michigan, Michigan, Minnesota playing this year, and mm-hmm. uh, I think that game I, I would miss that game. But yeah, you'd miss that, it. You'd miss it one year though. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's, yeah, hopefully yeah. back to twenty twenty one, everything's back to normal. Yeah, and again though, that right. would you know Illinois got three non conference games this year, and Illinois State, uh, UConn, and Bowling Green all coming to Champaign in September. But again. Uh, who the heck knows, you know, what that's going to happen. But I do think there will be a college football season. Uh, it would not sh- – one, no way there's probably going to be fans in, in any of the games, at least at the start of the season. If there are – I don't even know how – you know, I thought about this too the other day. Like for when Major League Baseball gets going, you know, at some point there's going to be fans back in the stands, you would think at some point. But do you cap it at, you know, 10,000 people? How do you distribute the tickets in, in terms of that? Um that's one thing that's going to have to be worked out. And then uh, just the, the fact that you're bringing in these teams and in the season may get delayed too. It's not, I don't know if it's going to kick off September 4th for Illinois when they're supposed to host Illinois state. It may be bumped back a few weeks, depending on how the virus is doing. Well, the major league baseball uh, proposal to the players, mm-hmm. 67 pages <laughs> of what uh, the players can do and not do. They can't, can't spit can't spit they can't you know if you if more than one player touches the ball or anybody touches the ball after it's hit you got to come up with a new ball which they're almost doing that anyway mm-hmm. with as many new baseballs as they put into play but uh you can't uh high five a guy you can't hug mm-hmm. a guy if he hits a home run you can't you may not be able to take a shower after the game you just go back to the hotel in your uniform the uh reserve players unless they're going into the game right away are going to be sitting in the stands mm-hmm. not the dugout so there's a lot of things there before you even think about putting fans in but back to college football man they got to get that they got to get that tv money or you'll see more and more sports being dropped yeah uh, and there's there are even more baseball teams that were cut today yes you know, Furman mm-hmm. uh cut theirs there's the latest i think uh i mean we mentioned bowling green i think they cut their baseball last program, week mm-hmm. so uh that's the reality that's coming for a lot of different you know, Division One you know, programs. That, that's dreadful. I got another another solution that's going to have to happen. 
because the revenue obviously is going to get killed this year, right? Mm-hmm. Obviously. Okay, so what you have to do is find some more re- revenue going forward. I've thought about this anyway, but I think it's time to add a 13, 13th game in football. And I think this will come soon because that will make a ton of money for everybody. I think that's going to – and what you could do there is like some of these games, like let's say Matt's right, they play du- double round robin in the Big Ten. I'm not so right. That's not going to happen. It's <laughs> <laughs> pretty good thought, say, though, pretty play, out of the box. But you can't play UConn or you can't play Illinois State, but you make take those games and move them down the road. So you play UConn next year, you, you play Illinois State the following year, and you're in your 13th game to make up for those lost opportunities. So I think I think 13th game. I was I was thinking about this with this weekend because I had nothing to do either, <laughs> and I came up with that. I thought well, they're going to have to do this because the money is so going to be so desperate for money. So every every bit of revenue they can add, they will do it. So I, they may say all they may say all um, you know advertising on guys' helmets. I think that's coming next too. So we'll see all sorts of crazy ideas. 555, need to take one final break. We'll do that and be back with some final words on Monday Night Sports Talk here on DWS after this. A couple of minutes left on Monday Night Sports Talk here on DWS. The next time we talk to you on a Monday night, it will be June, Matthew. That's right. Uh, Memorial Day next Monday, and we will not be here in studio, much like we've never been in here on studio on <laughs> Memorial Day. In, even, in the even, past. Even, even when there was stuff, even stuff to talk about, <laughs> <laughs> especially now that there's there's no sports, I'm sure people will be really intrigued to hear us recap the Coca-Cola 600 next Monday. But uh, we will not be here to do so. Well, I, we could break down the what, isn't golf. the Tom Brady, Peyton Manning. Tiger Woods right. event. Yeah, that's on the twenty fourth. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. Yep, that's on the twenty fourth. I did. I watched some live golf yesterday. The Seminole Skins match. Game, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, yeah. That was interesting. Take and what you can get in these there times. Were no fans. <laughs> no fans there for that. And uh, players that carried their own bags. Carried their own bags and well, a throwback uh, moment. Actually, Dustin Johnson. Uh, Hit a tee shot and just started walking. Forgot to <laughs> 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 forgot to go back and pick up, pick up his bag. Did you watch that, Bob? No, I missed it. I should watch. I should have watched it. I kind of forgot about it. I'm definitely going to watch Tom Brady and Bade Manning. I'm definitely. I'm on team, team Tiger for sure. I mean, clearly. So I, I don't need to tell anybody that. But I, I, I well, like you guys. I'm. I'm for anything live now. I'll, I'll watch anything. It doesn't matter. We in the newsroom a couple Saturdays ago. We had uh, they were. They had the bags tournament on ESPN two, and it was players actually or cornhole or whatever. It's bags, but it's bags. But they call they call call it cornhole, and they had players wearing masks and like face shields and stuff. And I'm sad to say I wasted about sixty seven seconds of my life watching (laughs) it. So we've got about sixty seconds (laughs) left on the show, Bob. What are you working on this week? I've got this week. I got I'm talking to a reporter from every Big Ten school. We're doing a little uh, Big Ten update. All right, we'll look for that, and uh, Scott will be coming up with more basketball stuff uh, off his podcast, which, by the way, is posted on the website. If you didn't get a chance to hear it yet, go do that. Yeah, and available everywhere you get your podcasts, the Apple Podcasts, and, of course, at um, our website, and episode 100 of Inside Illini Basketball. So go do 100 more, Scott. Yeah, by uh, next week. Yeah. Congrats. (laughs) We appreciate you listening. Thanks, Bob. We'll talk to you next week. Or two I'll weeks, actually. Two weeks. Yeah, don't call in next Monday, Bob. We won't be here. I will, but I'll just about to talk to myself for an hour. All right, that's, 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 that's not much different from anything else. WDWS. <laughs>
Champagne Urbana. Thanks for listening, folks. Have a good night.